today's gospel, we continue, as we continue through this, this time of year, these first weeks of ordinary time, uh, today's gospel, we come to another one of Jesus' first. Last week, you heard, he, we had his first miracle, the wedding at Cana, where Jesus proves that he's Catholic and he makes 150 to almost 200 gallons of wine, right? Today, we fast forward and we hear Jesus' first sermon. In a couple of weeks, we'll hear the call of his first disciples. But I think today's gospel is very, very interesting, and it kind of, I, I kind of approach it with fear and trembling, because Jesus' first sermon in his hometown, uh, it sounds really awesome in today's gospel, but if, if we pay attention, the next couple of verses, they run him out of town. So as I'm coming back to my hometown, I just pray that you don't run me out. But today's gospel, as we hear Jesus break open the word, he's handed this, this scroll. He's handed, he's in the synagogue, he's doing his good, he's doing his duty as a good Jew of going to worship on the Sabbath, going to break open the scroll. He's called rabbi throughout the scriptures at different times because he's a teacher. And in the synagogues, it was a lay movement that lay people would, the lay people, not the priestly class of the Jewish people, but the lay people of the Jewish people would be the ones that would break open the scroll. They would be the ones that would break open the word and preach. And today, Jesus has handed a scroll, and now the people that he's sitting there know him. That's Mary's boy. That's Joseph's little one. We watched him grow up. We watched him working with his dad in the, in the workshop. We watched him taking care of his mom over the course of his life, being taken care of. Unlike Father John David, he wasn't ripped out of the pew and uh, had to deal with corporal punishment in the back of church. But Jesus, they, they've watched him grow up. They know this young man. And he stands up before the people and he proclaims these words from the prophet Isaiah where he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor, liberty to captives, sight to the blind. Basically given a thesis statement of everything He's going to do. Of proclaiming a year that's acceptable to the Lord, as the Scripture reads. That When they say that, they're referencing the Jubilee year where debts were taken off of the people. Where their lands and their dignity were restored back to them. And Jesus is saying... I'm going to be the one. Like he's saying, when he says, I'm the fulfillment of this scripture, he's basically saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that's been promised. Your ears are fulfilled in hearing this. Like this scripture today is fulfilled in your hearing this. And people who know him as Joseph's boy, as Mary's little one, they get a little upset. Rightfully so. Like, who is this guy to say that he's the Messiah? We watched him grow up. We know him. And they want to run him out of town. They're outraged. And they want to run him out of town. I know our, our, today our culture cannot... We, we, like, that happened so long ago. Like, we, we really can't... So, we can't really, like, relate to that kind of mindset where we would get outraged by something that was kind of menial. 
I think last I checked on change.org, there's a petition going around that yesterday, the last two minutes of a football game would be replayed. And if I counted correctly, I think it was about 800,000 people signed a petition for a football game. Outraged. I think over the course of the week, I, 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 and I was, I was guilty of it, I was right there with everybody, upset. Like, dude, he was obviously a, fin, a penalty and all these things, right? But I think I saw every possible, every possible, like, conspiracy theory known to man, like NASA, I think, at one point was involved with the Saints getting kind of messed up out of a call, right? Outrage. If I continue scrolling down on my Facebook feed or any kind of social media feed, then I start seeing Covington High School and I start freaking out because everybody has an opinion about a couple of, a couple of high school boys and some other going back and forth argument that happened at the March for Life. And as someone who was there, 650,000 people, we didn't care about one school. But he would have sworn that was the only thing that happened. I think one thing about our culture is that our culture today is addicted to outrage. I think today our culture loves and sees outrage as just blood in the water. And we get excited about it and everybody has to have an opinion immediately. But when, when we think about that, when we look at our culture and that's the way it just basically operates... How do we as Catholics, how do we as followers of Christ take the high road and step above it? Like how do we challenge ourselves as men and women of Christ, of the Lord, Christians in the world, how do we proclaim our prophetic voice and step above it? I also think that what happens a lot of times is we get outraged by things that are just dumb. Instead of getting outraged by things that we can get outraged about. Because while we're worried, while there was a lot of people that were worried about two minutes of a football game or an argument, a glorified argument that happened between a couple of people in Washington, D.C., there was a law that was passed in New York they made it okay for a nine-month baby, a baby of nine months in its mother's womb to be aborted. We waste our time a lot of times in our culture being outraged and having opinions and screaming at the top of our lungs about things that are not that important and life is on the line. Where's the outrage? I think for us today, as we look at the Scripture, as we look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, both of them talking about the, the prophetic voice that we all have. In the Old Testament reading, we hear the priest Ezra proclaiming the Word of God. Proclaiming the Word of God to the people. Being a voice and proclaiming God's voice to the rest of the world. And in our Gospel today, we hear Jesus as the fulfillment of that proclamation. Every one of us, when we were baptized, were baptized priest, we were baptized king, and we were baptized prophets. How are we, 
in proclaiming God's Word to the world. How are we, when it comes to speaking Jesus' name into a world that needs Him? Into a world that oftentimes jumps straight to outrage and doesn't slow down? How are we in proclaiming the word Jesus to our very own families? Like we can start there. Even if it may get us cast out. Even if it might seem awkward or hard. I think today as we, as we look at just where our world is, where our culture is, but also the scriptures that the Lord gives us to reflect on, I think it's a good chance for us to sit back and say, okay, how am I living out my prophetic voice? One of the keys in living out and speaking the Word of God is that we know Him. One of the biggest keys about proclaiming the Word and proclaiming it well isn't that we can quote a bunch of Scripture, but that we know who we're talking about. Not a bunch of facts about him, but that we know him. Because every one of us can, can spout off a handful of scriptures. We can see it at a football game, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We know the words of the Mass, this is my body given up to you. We, know, we may know the words, we know the words, every one of us knows the words of the Hail Mary. Two pieces of Scripture back to back. Every one of us can spout off words in some way or another, but if we know the person who is the Word first and foremost, then it's not just facts. It's not just things about Jesus. We know Him. We witness Him. We share Him. And dare I say, we become more like Him. Today, as we come to this Mass, as we come to this celebration, as the Word has been broken open for us, we've received it, we've heard it, hopefully it's challenged us a little bit and made us reflect on how am I proclaiming Him. God continues to invite us deeper. He doesn't just want to talk to us, right? He doesn't want to just break open the Word in our liturgies. We don't just break open the Word. But we get an opportunity to come and receive the Word. Where God Himself is going to feed us, going to be with us, and is going to compel us to go out. When I was at, last year, when I was at Holy Rosary, um, when I would work with the school there, I used to always give the kids one little piece of homework at the end of the day. At the end of every homily, I would look at them and I would say, what's the one thing I'm missing? Your homework. And you got kids, oh man, come on. Well, today I'm going to challenge everyone here with a small piece of homework this week. Think of one person, just one, that you know Needs to, needs to see, needs to, needs to see the Lord, needs to hear His voice in some way in their life. Just think of that person right now in your mind. 
Do you see them? You be the prophetic voice for them. You share Jesus' name this week with one person. If every one of us would be to do it, if every one of us would be to go out into the world, into our workplace, our schools, wherever we are, into our families, and speak Jesus' name to one person, His voice has more reach than a simple sermon in my hometown. May we be a people that are not addicted to outrage or distracted by it, but that are addicted to being God's prophetic voice to the world.